On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Yan Yan Wu. She is the VP of Data and Analytics at Veris. We're going to be talking about, you know, how you become a data analytics leader. Um, a lot of this is going to be around uh, building and scaling analytics team, you know, dealing with the technology gap, you know, uh, help, helping train junior staff. And then also, um, you know, future leaders, you have to identify those people, the traits you're looking for. And uh, I'm super excited to talk about this topic. So uh, thanks for being on you, Dan. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and a very exciting opportunity for me to go over my experience, share the insight that I have uh, through the experience I have with the data. First of all, I want to make sure that everybody understands. I don't think uh, you know anyone was born as a data engineer or data scientist or data leader. Data is still very new. Um, it's um, By training, I got a PhD in community uh, design. It's in mechanical engineering. Nothing was to do with data. But however, I would correct that actually, you know, all I do is about data, right? So it's just about what format of data. So today, a lot of time is we talk about structured data, non-structured data, or images, or table data. But in my mechanical world, uh, engineering world, that actually was a, a 2D, 3D data, geometry of the data, uh, inspection data, design data, manufacturing data, it's all about data. Um, so it, it has does share a lot of commonality between what I train for and what I'm working on right now. Um, let, let me talk about uh, quickly about what I do uh, right now. So I lead um, a data and, and uh, data analytics, data science team for various. Uh, actually, we're in the uh, one of the subdivision in various. It's called Wood McKenzie. We provide uh, energy data, financial data for um, our clients. So usually the clients come to us if they have an investment for energy project, for example, power plants, renewable project, oil and gas project. They would like to know like what are the um, you know the return of the investment, uh, what are productivity data, uh, what are the government regulation, and we provide a lot of data for them as well as consultant service. That's what we do. But one of the things that is very unique for in my division is I the team that I led is mainly responsible for traditional oil and gas data. Not necessarily the hardest area that uh, now, but. Um, as today, we, we all know that we want to transform to the next uh, uh, renewable energy world. However, it's not going to happen right away. So still, traditional energy uh, data, such like oil and gas training data, is very, very helpful for clients in terms of for them to understand where the productivity improvement opportunity is and how they can invest to make money. Awesome. Thank you for giving us the high level. Um, I think that's a, a good background. And, and I guess diving into the topic, um, we're talking about, you know, obviously becoming data analytics litter. There's a couple of things you have to do. Um, number one is you have to build and, and scale your team. Obviously, that's, that's one of the key components of it. Um, one of the challenges that I think a lot of data leaders face is you know, obviously technology, the you know, data technology has shifted to the cloud a lot more software engineering. Um, there's still a technology gap. Uh, I mean, obviously, older data technologies are still evolving. When you're kind of looking at building and, and scaling your team, have you seen any of those challenges of, of, you know, needing some of the more modern data stack skills versus, you know, kind of having to deal with some of the legacy technologies? Oh, definitely. I saw, I saw a ton of them. So I have an opportunity to work with a couple of um, 
big companies that in the past uh, in the data world, actually I built two times after build uh, the data analytics team, data engineering team, data science team from scratch. Um, so I have the opportunity to understand where I, you know, I need to identify the technology gap for the company as well as the application needs. I think the gap, when you define the gap, the first of all, you have to understand what is the use case or application for individual business. Right? So a lot of times people say, oh, I heard this technology like Kafka, streaming technology is very, very cool. Let, let's jump onto that without thinking about think through how we can use that. So as I said, the first thing that you, know, you have to understand is really what's the use case, right? Do you really need streaming a service, right? If you need it, do you really need to build a skill set that understand every single details, nuts and bolts about Kafka versus leveraging like existing technology like Confluent or uh, Kinesis, right? So the technology gap is, I think a lot of time uh, companies or business is a uh, doesn't spend a lot of time understanding the problem versus just jump very quickly and say, hey, I think everybody is doing this data governance, is doing this Kafka technology, is, uh, you know, fancy data architect design. You know, we need to have that team to do that versus look at this is where our business needs is. This is our the, 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 the characteristic of our data, our platform, and that's how we need to build um, our data platform, a data strategy. Um, so one example that in you know, my previous experience, uh, there's a company that I work with that um, they had, um, the you know, they, they all want to uh, jump onto the cloud technology, right? So it does it does look like you know it's a gap that they everybody has individual database. They don't have data lake. Not mentioning about data uh, lake house, all those are uh, more modern technologies. Uh, they have individual databases. Uh, but uh, the, the problem is, you know, picking what cloud technology they're going to use so they can consolidate um, and uh, to share all those common data lake uh, and data, data, data warehouse and then be able to share the common platform uh, so achieve their business goal. Then you look into deeper, like each business has different, different needs, right? But eventually you have to look at the gap is if you have so many business that you probably have to have diversified strategy. So some of the, some of the business, right, their data is very, very small in, in terms of size and that the frequency is not very high. So they probably doesn't need a data, a, a data lake or data, um, uh, data lake house, those kind of uh, more modern technology, probably traditional database serve their need. Right? They don't have to jump onto the best technology right away versus other, other business that I come over quote, they have high frequency sensor data that, you know, it's, it's, it's to the like thousands of hertz um, frequency that you have to collect within a second. So, and uh, with the hundreds of sensors and decades of data, of course, you need technology to process big data, really, truly big data. So they need more advanced technology platform for them to work with. So the technology gap, well, we try to identify that. So keep in mind and how, what's the use case? Do we really need the best technology? Because the best technology, of course, it's best. However, you have a lot of overhead, right? You have to train your team, be able to upscale, be able to use the best technology and then evolving so fast and versus more traditional SQL technology, small database, um, you know, Power BI dashboard. <laughs> That's something a lot of people can get their hands around uh, very, very easily. So um, spend time to identify technology gap and, and understanding business case first. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, um, yeah, any, any of those technology decisions you make, that gap to your staff is is going to be massive. But I said, I guess, you know, at some point, you know, when you do make the shift, you're going to hire or, or you know, make a decision to go into a new area. Um, you are going to have to deal with that that skill that you need, right? Like you, you're going to bring in a tool. No one really knows it. You can bring a consultant team in. Obviously, they, they'll bring in the uh, staff. You'll pay the premium because they're the subject matter experts, but you still need to backfill. Um, and then you still have your current staff. Do you, do you train them up? Do you bring somebody net new to deal with it? But then does the existing staff feel left behind? So I guess, you know, once let's say, you know, you have implemented something new, you've made the shift, you've got up and, and running. How do you handle like, you know, let's say somebody who's working with the older tool sets, looking at the newer tool set going, Hey, I want to migrate my skill sets as well. Like obviously they want to, but someone is you know, having to, you know, work on the new stuff that actually has the skills to, to, to work with it. Yeah, this is uh, Amir. This is always a challenge. Challenge uh, through my career is getting the right people on team. Right? Sometimes, uh, in in one of the role I had, I have the uh, privilege of hiring everything. I, I don't have any, I don't have to inherit anybody. So I've built a team from scratch. So it's very lot easier, right? So I go through very comprehensive interview process. Has interview team, interview panels, has technical interview, non technical interview, leadership interview, uh, and then we have uh, the technical. Uh, uh, challenge that they have to solve within certain given certain period of time to test out their technical strength strengths and and level. So so those things are very easy to uh, take care of. If I you know I I hire some you know always hire somebody by myself and don't have to inherit uh, a team from anyone. However, that's not uh, always the situation. Right? Sometimes you have to work with cross function team or you have somehow you have to inherit some of the. Uh, 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 the previous team that the previous leadership built. So uh, upskill them, it's become definitely a challenge. So I think as a team leader, right, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. It's just as high as uh, Steve Jobs or Tim Cooks or Elon Musk CEO or just a, a VP of a company or a senior manager of a company. You have to set up a goal for your team that you have to position yourself that look like you are a constant learner. You're always up to date to the newest technology. You have to set up a role model in, for your team in order to for upskill them. And meanwhile, you have to come up with a strategy that encourage, motivate team to learn, right? So the, the culture of a team has to be learning and sharing. Uh, and then you have to come up with uh, the the a feasible, actionable plan for learning for, for the team. Uh, I, I did come across some other teams that uh, during my uh, past career that there's a manager just looks like to, like to hear like I have every of my team member, you know, a hundred of them, they're able to sign up or finish, a, uh, a, you know, one training a month or something like that. That's not a, a metric, right? The metric is how you come up with a, a learning plan that's relevant and, and uh, to your team member. Relevant means they like to learn. And also once they learned, they can apply to what they do right away. It's just not a, a plan on the paper. Uh, so so that's, that's, that's something that I always focus on. So for, for the team that I have, I always foster a very um, uh, encouraging environment, encourage everybody to learn. And then we kind of, 
have award put in place, uh, so people get awarded. Um, uh, they 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 get recognition when they when they uh, finish their learning. And then meanwhile, that we encourage them to apply what they learned to their work. And then we share that in what we learned constantly and how we apply what we learned to solving the business problems. So in terms of finding the, a team member, right, a lot of time you, you can see, if you read a post, any like job posting, I don't think to summarize what they're looking for is they're looking for Superman, Superwoman. And then with a hundred years of working experience, you know, they look for everything. I, I don't think for me, when I build a team, I don't look for, for example, if I need somebody nurse SQL, I have no problem to hire somebody that doesn't know SQL to be on my team because I think SQL, and I'm, I'm probably exaggerated, but you can learn in five minutes, right? It depends on what level. But if more advanced, maybe you learn a week at most. I think probably two or three days, you can get a very high level in terms of SQL, um, um, uh, the advanced functions. But the key is, you need, we need to find the people that who enjoy learning, who's get, uh, good at learning, who's a good problem solver, and who's a visionary leader, if you want to look for a leader, right? Uh, so those are the things that I look for is how they approach the problem, uh, how they solve the problem in the past. And then I don't necessarily looking for what I really need, the skills. As you said, the skills get very easy to fill temporarily or, or even permanently. It doesn't matter if you use a, a, a cost-effective contractor, right? They can fill the skill gap. However, the problem-solving skills is not easy to fill. That has that skills needs to have for your core your, uh, your core team member, and somehow um, we have to build up those skills. That can be trained a little bit, but not by large. Uh, so, fifty percent of the like uh, the problem-solving skills probably can be trained, but I would say another fifty percent is built through years through their training from their. Uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and college. That's not something that and can be easily uh, trained with short period of time. So when you hire people, you really have to pay attention to looking for uh, a good problem solver. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess, you know, identifying those skills, very tricky. Um, you know, it's it's evaluating the challenge of, you know, a strong technical person, great analyst, that 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 intersection is tricky because uh, you know, too too strong a technical person, they may not understand the business as much. Maybe if they are really a functional analyst, then becoming technical is a little bit of challenge. When you're trying to find that balance, I mean, I guess it depends each team. Like, you know, you might have a little bit more, a little bit less, but when you're looking at that balance, is there like you know? Is do you do you skew maybe technical and and you know have somebody ramp up and learn the business and hope they come up to speed or what's your approach on that? I think actually, it, if you do a good job and you have enough time, I I used to spend a lot of time recruiting. If you spend enough time, you can find people good at both, you know, technical good, and as well as you know has business sense. But if I have a challenge of finding skills, have, people have both skills, I would prefer like technical skills and I can train them in business skills because it's relatively easier. The technical uh, um, skills in terms of the technical uh, uh, structural and then uh, the way that the solving problems, engineering thinking, um, thought leaders, those are the things that I'm looking for. So technically and business-wise, you know, you can take some class and get trained very, very easily. Um, but today, actually, you can find a lot of, lot of smart people that they're good at both. Right? It's, 
it is uh, especially for uh, folks has master degree in engineering, PhDs in engineering, you know, you give them a little bit training uh, in business, they can pick up. However, I do find difficulties a lot of time is people that have engineering training that they do, they may have business uh, degrees and, and a lot of business background. It's, it's kind of more difficult for me to train them technically because they just, you know, during their career, during their study that they don't have those much training that it, it build up through the, the elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, or undergrad or graduate degrees, it's just very difficult to feel those skills. So I would recommend if you do have to strike to make a balance, and I would skill to uh, looking for people who has strong technical skills. Absolutely. I guess when you're starting to look about, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, hiring an IC person is a little different, but when you're starting to look at, you know, hiring a future leader, you know, you, you want eventually somebody to to take ownership, become a manager. Can you, as you're going through the interview process, is that in your mind as well in terms of, hey, you know, I am looking for some of those attributes? Oh, yeah. Uh, it depends on the roles, right? Some of the role we have is individual contributors, but some of them is going to high potential, uh, like for example, director level or senior level uh, manager that they do, potential has the has opportunity to uh, grow their uh increase their impact. Um, and then we do have to look for those traits. So there are several things, right? You can, we, we always do like behavior interview, but a lot of time we also are trying to find the future leaders within our current team. So a lot of time I look for is, are they able to uh, do a good job uh, not only for themselves, but also if they were asked to uh, work in a team, are they able to go above and beyond to collab coordinate the, 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 the effort as well as is be able to um, um, come with the strategy for the project that that be able to uh, deal with foreseeable or non foreseeable difficulties that challenge uh, uh, in front of in front of them. So um, so those people that is able to uh, always looking things at a high level, not not at detail level. No matter how detailed the problem is, they always is able to go above and beyond several levels up to uh, understand the implication of the every uh, step we take, and then what's a, a high level impact from this project, and how's this project that related to other teams. So if you look at the the, the, the team member that has huge has. Um, huge potential for bigger roles, uh, for the bigger leadership roles, they always be able to, to uh, come up with something that I haven't think about, uh, the, 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 the potential impact for other projects. You know, if I do something like this, potential impact for other business. Uh, and, and can we do some, although this doesn't happen, can we do a couple of additional steps to be, to be able to expand the influence impact of our program, of our project, or can we, from uh, doing additional step, be able to increase our impact or for footprint within the company for uh, for other team or direct impact to the top line or bottom line of company? So you 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 always can find some people have strategic thinking like this. So those are the people that is is the trade. Uh, those are the trade I'm looking for for the future leaders. And they are there are people there. I have to tell you, there are people I thought they should have. No matter what I do, like to um, to give them some hint, to push them to be able to think that way, they may be able to think that way for 
after you push them on this project, they do something additional to increase the impact of the project. But next time, if you don't remind them, they forgot to do that. But the, the people that really have the leadership traits is they may not know at the very beginning, but after I give them a hint a couple of times, later on in other projects, they will surprise me with this strategic thinking and strategic ideas that and, and, and come with something that is going to benefit at a high level benefit the entire group, not only me, but the entire group and the entire company. That's something I was looking for. Mm, absolutely. I mean, those are some great insights. Honestly, it's a, you know, the, the, the you know, hiring for future leaders is, is a lot of art and science. So getting your perspective, uh, I think, uh, is good. I think the more perspectives we get, you know, we can try to see things through different lenses. Um, I was going to ask you, I, I know our time's kind of uh, coming to an end, but um, a question I'm asking a lot of guests is um, if they could uh, leave a topic or have a future question that they want a future guest to talk about, is there something that you would like a uh, future guest or uh, to talk about in terms of topic or a question you might have? Yeah, I, I think I would like to, you know, as, as a very experienced uh, leader in technology and I have years of working experience, but I look at my peers, right? Sometimes I hope you can get an answer from those uh, future guests, but um, I think probably it's hard. Um, I would like to learn like f- f- how they get there, you know, with especially folks uh, I'm at the VP level, but like senior VP level or um, a CEO, CFO, CTO, CMO, CXO uh, folks, how they get there, right? Can they share the insights? I think sometimes I do get asked around the peers that I think I, I, I look up to, um, but it depends on your relationship, right? If they're you know close to you, they may tell you the truth. Um, they they but a lot of time they they don't. Actually, I come across a leader in my previous business. Uh, he was I was a part of a woman in technology organization, and he is our guest speaker. He was actually the only one. Only one I feel like I got insight for uh, traits uh, in terms of where he, how he get to that. He was at time as the CTO of the company and very high. And then I think he's still holding for a high position today. And he told us how you know he get to his per- current position. It's a very fascinating, uh, fascinating uh, story. I can share that story with you. I don't have to name that person because I didn't have permission with him. But I can share with you. It's a fascinating story. He said uh, he used to be, um, you know, in a, he, he said he never go to like try to get some position, like uh, ask uh, the managers or or ask somebody to go out for lunch or go to their home or play golf with them. He never do that. But one thing he did is it's amazing is I think that's something that I learned and everybody can learn is he said one time that they were in a design review. Uh, meeting, right? So the the leader is maybe at the time is CTO, whatever, or is in the company, want to have come always a design that, and I cannot share what the design goal they were they they were they were sharing, but something like go to somewhere beyond beyond the Mars, right? So we want to go uh, have a project go about beyond. We have to design this vehicle that way, and then they can go uh, go go to Mars in a day. Something like that, but I can't. Because you know, the, the question, I cannot give you a detail. And then uh, and he started talking and talking, and then uh, there's a large group of the people in the conference room, and then also senior designers, senior engineers, and senior leaders. They all disappeared gradually because they said, you know, this idea is, that never makes sense. 
you know, it's, it's, it's no way that we can go to Mars in a day. You know, couldn't waste time. Maybe that's true, but not in your lifetime. And then, uh, you know, there, I don't remember how many people, it's a large crowd, but at the end, actually, he, in the room, there's only two people left. One is that senior CTO leader in the company, and, and then this guy. So this guy, he actually was at the time was the senior, uh, the junior person in the room, but he he's the only one left. And then the CTO asked him, he said, you know, uh, Amar, I just make them up the name. Amar, why you're still here? Why you don't leave? Guess what he said? He said, the more I listen, the more I feel like you need me to fulfill your goal. So I think I can work on that. Uh, <laughs> So I think that, you know, it's amazing that, you know, he, he, that, that says how much, you know, he pay attention to, um, his leader, um, to, to help them to feel good, to help them to fulfill their dream. Although he did say that that goal is not achievable at all. He know it's not achievable. Uh, anyway, so if, if uh, we can get if, if in the future leader, if you can have someone to sh- very high up, right. To share how they get there. Of course we know. We all know how Elon Musk and how Steve Jobs and get to their position. And they're just entrepreneur, they're genius. But not everybody's genius or entrepreneur, right? If you just start with a regular engineer in a big company or, 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 or a accountant in a company, uh, a finance guy in a company, how you can move up to CTO, to CFO job, I think that's something probably, you know, a lot of uh, my peers or, or the young folks that would be interested to learn if you can get something answered like that. And from that perspective, I think that will help everybody. It's, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's not easy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, I, I think the story you shared was really, really insightful. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, hopefully somebody listening to this uh, episode might be a good guest and they can reach out and have them on. Um, <clears throat> I was going to thank you for your time. Also, if somebody does want to reach out to you um, and talk to you about anything you've mentioned, what's uh, a good way of getting a hold of you? LinkedIn is their preferred way. Yeah, I think LinkedIn is the best uh, because uh, the email. Sometimes I, I got a lot of spam and <laughs> not necessarily open all the emails. I think that if they send me, I'm on the LinkedIn. I'm very active monitoring my LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is the best. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, you know, great insights and uh, appreciate it. That's it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back again, different guests, um, different topic. Uh, until then, two things. One, I, I think the topic's great. Um, you know, if you're a senior VP, if you're a C-level executive, um, I think a lot of people would be curious to see You know, some of the insights of how, what it takes to get uh, to the next level, I think uh, that'd be benefit the, the entire community. Um, and also, if you found the podcast useful, share it to somebody else. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people building data teams. You know, uh, Yanny and I had some great insights. Hopefully, you'll find someone who can also enjoy it. Uh, but that's it for now. I back again. Um, until then, thank you and goodbye.